words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Good morning. This morning, I want to bring you an activation. I want to share what God says to me in the moments when it seems like, when it seems like I'm staying in one place for too long. In those moments when I seem like I'm standing on a mountain for too long and going round and round in circles. In the moments when it seems like I'm looping through the situations and circumstances of life and not able to move past a particular point, even rightly so. So this morning, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will move in this place. He's here to bring an activation. The Lord is here to bring a transformation and to turn our hearts back to the Father. And so Moses, he had an instruction. He was to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. They had gone through the seasons of the 400 years of slavery. And so their minds were held captive. They wanted to stay there. They were used to being there. As a matter of fact, they didn't know any better. Because 400 years, if you think about it, is multiple generations. Probably at least four generations. So guess what? They didn't know what freedom looked like. They actually didn't know what a better life looked like. And even when Moses must have presented it to them, they would have wondered, what are you talking about? Why are you taking us to uncharted waters? Who exactly are you? Where did you rock up from? Where have you been all these years? Oh, by the way, we heard about you. This is what you did back in the days. Now you're coming here to do what exactly? Your hands are not clean. They would say, he who comes to judgment must come with clean hands. I bet a thousand things like that were said to him that day. But he had an instruction from God to lead the people into the place of liberation. So finally, after probably much complaints and whining and all the drama that happened, they started to go. They started to go towards the Jordan, started to go. But when they got to a certain point, they saw the river. They said the, the scripture recounts that God had hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And so after they had gone, they now decided, nah, nah, you're going to come back home. How can we let you go? I think that God did it deliberately because he wanted to take out the entire Egyptian army in one single transaction. And so they gathered the chariots. He said it's counted that 600,000, I think, 600,000 chariots or however many, with their strongest men, they all set out chasing after the Israelites who they had already set free, who they had even given their gold and their treasures and say, carry your wahala and go. Remember, their firstborn children, every single home, the firstborn child had been killed. I think it was Pastor Moses that said one day that there would have been a house where there was a child that was a second son and he died. And they're like, ah, ah, why? They thought it was first sons. You guys don't get. <laughs> I think it was Pastor Mo that said it. <laughs> Wife shall come and answer question. <laughs> why the second son died? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Pastor Mo, you have infected me with your kind of jokes. <laughs> and so they got there. And then he said to Moses, when Moses, the people were crying. Why did you bring us out of this place? Why did you bring us out of this place? You should have left us where we were. Look at now, they're coming after us. They will now kill us. At least they were our friends before. At least they were our masters before. We used to serve them. And sometimes they'll be kind and nice to us. And today you sent us here. We're standing in front of this river. In, not river, a sea. What are we going to do? How are we going to get past? And then Moses was, you know, agonizing to God. And God said to him, why are you telling me? Stretch out your hands and part the sea. There are many of us that are speaking to God about some situations and circumstances in our lives. 
and he's looking at you and saying, you have the answer. Do you know that? There are many things that I've cried to God about and he said to me, get up from that place. What are you crying about? You know exactly what you ought to do. Now arise in boldness and courage and do it. And so because I know that the host of heavens is backing me, I get up like a mighty man of valor, and I start to speak into the situation and I start to call upon the name of the Lord and I start to move. I start to call who I need to call and I, to, I start to write what I need to write. I start to, whatever it takes. He said to Moses, why are you telling me? Stretch out your rod and the sea will part. Moses stretched out his rod and right before his eyes, it says like, like the breath of God, the waters, they moved and they heaped in one location. And then the people were able to cross. He says he set a cloud between them and the Egyptians. And then he parted the waters. And then the people started to move into their liberation. This morning, the Lord will have you stretch your rod out. Spirit of the living God, I want you to tell each and every one of us the rod we need to stretch out. Some of us are holding rods in our hands and we're leaving it in our pockets. We are leaving it in our cars. We are leaving it in places on hidden under our beds. We are not stretching out the rod that you're asking us to stretch out that that water will pass. Lord, I ask that you remind us of the things, oh God. The things that you've given us as the equipment and the tools and the gifts and the talents for the situation and circumstances that we are facing. That our help is already there. That we hold the rod already. Stretch out your rod this morning. Stretch out your rod this morning. The Lord will have you stretch out your rod this morning. And part that water. Part that water. Restore that child back to their parents, oh God. I pray you break the hold of pornography over people this morning, oh God. I pray that you break the clutches of sin over people this morning, oh God. I pray that depression is set loose this morning, oh God. I pray that your sons and daughters are liberated to truly serve you, oh God. And so they crossed over to the other side. They crossed over to the other side, but the journey was not over. The journey was not over. After Moses had died, Joshua was now the leader. You know, it said that Joshua was Moses' assistant. Sometimes we wonder why Joshua was so courageous. Why when he went to spy on the land, he said, we can take this land. While others said, they are like, we are like grasshoppers before them. He said, we can take this land. Joshua had been with God, had been with God through Moses. Because it said that when Moses was going up to the mountains, who remembers that Joshua followed him? Too many times we forget that part of the story. We actually forget that part of the story that Joshua went up with Moses. And so he saw with his own eyes the glory of the Lord upon that. Who are you hanging out with? Who are you hanging out with? Who are you telling your problems and situations? And instead of taking you into the place where they help you to activate the gifts of God inside of you, remind you of who you are, remind you of God, what God has done, remind you of God's promises over you, remind you of your gift, remind you of your covenant. Instead, they sit with you and poison the waters. They sit with you and tell you how bad the situation and circumstance is. I remember many years ago, somebody said to me I had no empathy because there was a situation and she told me, 
And I started to fix the problem, which is what I know how to do. Not like I was not sad, but my sadness was not going to fix the problem in that moment. Something needed to be done and done urgently. And so I started to do it. She walked the journey with me on fixing this problem. The next day, she sent me a mail and said I was insensitive. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said I was crying and you were focusing on something else. But I'm like, this is what the problem is. Can we fix this problem? And then later on, we can do whatever it is you want us to do. But right now, there's a problem. And for many years, that thing held me bondage. When someone is talking to me, I have a solution. I know how a prayer to say. I know a word to share. I know who to call. I know who I can beg, borrow, steal money from to fix the problem. But because of her words in my ear, I will just be like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, are you serious? Oh my God. Oh my God. And I'll be dying. Dying because I know that it's, that's what Satan will have me do. And sometimes the moment will pass. And I can't tell you, the moment has passed. I can't help you to that place where you can move past that situation and circumstance. For many years, I'm talking more than 10 years. Until one day I said, you know what? I'm sorry. You're going to have to deal with me like this. If you're looking for someone to cry, don't call me. Hear me. I am not saying I don't have sympathy and empathy. I am not saying that. But can we get off this mountain for a second? Can we get off this mountain? Because Satan would have you be there. In that mountain, as you're hovering, you can't do anything. You can't move forward with your life. Do you know that you are the reason why many people will come into salvation and liberation and come into their purpose and their calling, into their wealth, into their anointing, into their consecration? So if you stay in that place, you cannot help them. You can't. So Satan will keep you there. And he will tell you a thousand reasons why it's a good idea for you to be there. He will justify your pain. He will justify your anger. He will justify everything that has happened to you. He will justify your injustice. He will, you, will be, you will be right to stay there. For days and days will become weeks. And weeks will become months. And months will become years. Years. Yes, I battled depression for one full year. One full year. In that year, I couldn't help anybody. Nobody. How can I help someone when me, I was battling depression? And this is not about this, our generational thing where we like to use words. I promise you, I, if I was abroad, I would have been put on antidepressants. How do you cry from morning till night? How does someone say to you, how are you? And you are crying. What is the problem? I don't know. Or I can't tell you. That was what Satan wanted to do. So this morning, no. You're going to get up from that mountain. You're going to get up from that place. It is justified. But it's not what God will have you do. It's not where he will have you be. Because many are waiting for you. There are some people that Pastor Moses will never reach. He doesn't understand their lingua. He doesn't understand what drives them. But you are the reason why they will come into salvation. And so, when Joshua, Joshua went, um, 
during the battle of Amalekites, it was actually Joshua that fought that battle. Again, who remembers? Moses sat and prayed, and then um, Aaron and her held his hands up. And as long as that was held up, Joshua went into the battle. And as long as that hand was held up, he was fighting. Moses was like the pastor Moses, the Moses, the leader. But he sent his people out. And that's why what Pastor Moses does is so courageous and so brave. That he can allow each and every one of us to just come into the place where we can just exercise our gifts, our callings and speak and share. And every time I watch him, anytime anyone is, is praying or teaching, Pastor Moses is on the side, he's praying non-stop the entire service he's praying he's praying he's praying and i watch him and pastor nigel as well they're always doing that it's like the encouragement of a father so many times we don't do these things because we think that we're going to be alone who's going to help us but you're surrounded by an army of believers do you know that do you know that in Ecclesia Hills, you are surrounded by an army of people that genuinely love you and are not competing with you. They don't care who you are. They don't care what you have. They don't care where you've been. They don't even know what you do. They see you before they see everything else. I remember when I was telling someone that Eunice was an event planner, they said they had no idea. I said, are you serious? And I started to mention the things that she had done and they said, we had no idea. Because it's not about that. It's about seeing her, Eunice, the one that God loves, the one that God made. What is it that will bring her to the place of her salvation and her liberation and her calling and her anointing first before who she is in the world? Because she can only operate effectively in the world when she knows her identity in Christ. Many of us are failures in the world is because we have lost our identity in Christ. Where you find your identity in Christ the world you will take it like this like this you will speak a thing and they will listen because it's not your voice that they are hearing do you understand it's not your voice that they will hear it's not you that turns up when they see you they will see a mighty army before you people don't run empty-handed nobody in this world is running empty-handed everybody has something that is backing them up what and who is backing you up this morning i want to tell you that the lord is the one that is backing you up and you are surrounded by an army of believers who will help you so when joshua got to this place this time around it was the it was the the jordan river but this time around god changed the script he changed the script he said to them and let us i'm going to read the scripture can you put the scripture up No, go to Joshua 3. Just put up Joshua 3. Pull up Joshua 3. Let's start from the beginning. Before that, he has said to Joshua, I am going to exalt you before the people. I need them to understand that I have raised you as the next leader. But the reason for that was not for Joshua to have puffed shoulders. It's because he was bringing the Israelites into a new place and a new order and a new way of approaching God. Because you will see what then happened when they wanted to cross the Jordan River. Now this time around, instead of asking Moses or Joshua to stretch a rod and part the sea, he asked the priests to wade into the water. He said, Joshua rose up early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. 
Next, just put everything up, put everything up. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, put everything up, just put everything up. Okay. When, and it commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. There will be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubics by measure. So 2,000 cubics is about 900 and something meters, which is like, I'm if you're an athlete, that's like a 400 meter um, field, two times, two and a half times, right? So there's a distance between you and them. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. So it's not do not come near it because they are so holy. They are better than you and there's a special seat reserved for them. It's not because, oh, they are more prayed up than you are. It's just so that they can show you the way. For you have not passed this way before. You have not done this journey before. You have not been here before. So they will go ahead of you. And that is why as ministers in this house, no matter which assignment that you're doing, you can't afford not to be consecrated. You cannot afford not to be consecrated. Because whether or not you like it, there are people that you are leading who are following you 2,000 cubits by measure. They are watching everything that you do. They are watching how you dress. They are watching how you speak. They are watching how you engage in the marketplace. Some of the worst stories I've heard about people, Christians, I heard it in the marketplace. People that have done business with them before. And I'm even ashamed sometimes to say, I know the person from quote-unquote ministry or a church. So you think that we come on Sunday and nobody knows because... They're lifting holy hands. I promise you, the world knows. So, as ministers in the house, every single one of us, we cannot afford to do some kind things. It's not allowed. Forget about that life. It's too late. Too late. Too late. Because there are people following you, 2,000 cubics behind you, and watching every single thing that you do. Next. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. He said to the people, all the people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I'll begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Next, keep going. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the, of the Jordan, you will stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Perizzites, the Gigashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the Lord, covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Therefore, take up for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass. As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. And that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. And the waters that come from upstream shall stand as a heap. And so, imagine that Joshua said that to the priests. And they were not consecrated. Maybe one of them had come from the bed of iniquity the night before. 
maybe one of them had just finished having, I don't know, doing some disgusting things. One, one, maybe one of them was having an affair. Maybe one of them had stolen from their company. Maybe one of them had just think up anything that's possible. Or maybe just they like to argue and there was division in the church. Staphylokes spoke last week about unity in the body of Christ. Imagine one of them started to say, this doesn't make any sense. This is not how Moses parted the sea. Moses stretched out his rod and the sea parted. Why are you now coming to tell us that we should come and stand in the middle of the water? Do you understand what a sea is? He says to you, you should carry the Ark of the Covenant and go and stand there. How does that even make any sense? Many of us will argue, will come up with intellectual reasons why it's a bad idea. Some of us will come up with scientific reasons why it makes no sense. Some of us will say that this is a suicide mission. People will start to murmur. People will start to worry, complain, argue. So I'm going to say, you, you know, you go first. I'll come behind you. I will follow you. If you go and I see that it's okay, I'll come behind you. At least those ones are honest enough to say, I'm afraid. Some will just be pretending to be busy. Do you know, there are people like that. When there's anything, they're always just waiting for somebody else to go first. But what if God is calling you to be the one that stands first? What if God is calling you to be the one that steps up first? So if everybody's waiting for somebody else, who is going to stand up first? But all of them got up in one accord, in unity, and they stood. They stood. And as soon as they stood, what happened? The water. This morning, the Lord will have us wait in the water. Please, can you just join me, the ministers? Can we just stand up and pray? Let's pray. As an act of faith, we are stepping our feet into the water first. In fact, anyone who's in school of prayers, please just join. Just join. Just stand up and join us in prayers this morning. Lord, we step into the waters this morning, oh God. We stand as ministers. We stand, oh God. As the priests and the Levites this morning oh God we are not afraid of the waters we will obey the command of the Lord if he says that we should go we will go if he says we will stand we will stand if he says we will run we should run if he says we should move we will move if he says we will kneel we will kneel we will not argue we will not be dissenting we will not be of one um, in disunity we'll be of one mind one accord as we step into the waters the waters will pass because the Lord has gone ahead of us the Lord has gone ahead of us he is clearing the crooked paths he's making the path straight he's leading us into the other side of the promise into the place where we are taking down every enemy and everything that has stood between us and the things and the promises that he has made to each and every one of us oh god so this morning we are standing we are standing at the edge of the jordan river each and every one of us carrying the ark of the lord carrying the presence of the lord carrying the anointing of the lord carrying the consecration of the lord i ask oh god that none will be found wanting none will be found wanting one will be found wanting each and every one of us prepared stand on behalf of your family everyone in the room stand on behalf of your family stand on behalf of your family stand at the edge of that Jordan River and step into that Jordan River step into that Jordan River step into that Jordan River the Lord has made a way he has cleared that path 
He has opened up the doors. He has opened up the doors for you to have access. Your family will not be lost when you are here. Your family will not be lost when you are here. Your destiny will not be cut short. You will fulfill the status of God over you. The volume of books written about you. You will do the will of the Father. You will not be ordinary. You will not be mediocre. You will not be average. You will not be like anybody else. You are called for a time such as this. You are made for signs of wonders. The hand of the Lord is upon you. You are a royal priesthood. You are a royal priesthood. Stand in your priesthood. Stand in your priesthood. And today declare that the waters will pass for you. My generation is better because I am born. My generation is better because I am born. I will not be swallowed by popular culture. I will not be swallowed by the opinions of men. I will not accept the cultures of my generation. I will raise a new standard of God. I will raise a new voice in the spirit. I have an opinion of God. I have an opinion of God. I have an opinion that is in God. That is rooted in the word of God. I have an opinion rooted in the word of the Lord. And it will take root. My opinion will count. I am the light of the world and I am the salt of the earth. Therefore, when I come into a place, darkness must be darkness must move. Darkness must be dispelled. When I come into a place, there must be healing. When I come into a place, there will be transformation. I am not ordinary. I am not just Uche. I am the mind of God. I am the mind of God. I am the mind of God. I carry the mantle of the Lord upon me. I stand. I stand as it's I carry his authority. I carry his authority. I carry his authority. I carry his authority. How dare you think that you are ordinary? How dare you think that you are just a number? How can you think that you are just a man? How can you think that you're just a pretty woman? That is not all you are. When God made you, He made you in His image and in His likeness. That means that you are like God. Your words have the power of God. When you speak a thing, situations change. When you make a decree, it's established. It's established. And even if you cannot see it with your eyes, I promise you that heaven has recorded it. Heaven has recorded it. And the host of angels will arise for your sake. When Joshua had crossed over after the circumcision, he saw a man and he said, what are you doing here? Are you for us? Are you against us? And the man said to him, the man said to him, I am a commander of the army of the Lord. I am a commander of the army of the Lord. And I am here to do the Lord's bidding. What would you have me do? This morning, the commander himself is here in this room. The Lord himself is here in this room. He did not send the commander. You are the commander. 
You are the commander of the Lord's army. He himself is in this room. Shadarabole siandaraha. Kererebosiere malasudea. Hey, who is tired of being ordinary? Who is tired of being ordinary? Who is tired of being mediocre? Who is tired of just being a number? Why are you a number? Why are you a number? Made in the image of God. Put your hand on your head and say, I was made in the image of God. I was made in the likeness of God. Therefore, I am like God. When I speak a thing, heaven responds. The earth will quicken at the sound of my voice because they hear the sound of the Lord and not my voice. I stand as an oracle of the Lord. I stand as an oracle of the Lord. If I say it is well with you, it is well with you because the Lord will back me up. If I tell you that situation will change, it will change because the Lord will back you up. And it doesn't matter if you're not seeing that thing in your own life. Because that's the first thing Satan will tell you. You want to be decreeing over people's life. You want to be calling things into being. But look at you. It hasn't happened for you. Have you seen a tree eat its fruit? Please tell me. Who has seen a tree eat its fruit? You are not supposed to eat your own fruits. You will be fed and nourished by somebody else. You will be fed and nourished by somebody else. So it does not matter that the thing that you are saying has not happened in your own life. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Because you were chosen by God to partner with Him to bring restoration to the earth. And you think He does not care about you? About the strands upon your head? That's why you must surround yourself with an army of believers. When I'm in doubt, I call Pastor ID. And she will remind me, Uche, do you know who you are? By the time I'm done, I'm like, hey, 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 let's go there. Masushinda. I said to Pastor Lara, hey, Pastor Lara, every time I preach and teach about a thing, Satan comes to attack me in that place. She said, eh, how can? Eh, don't worry, this matter is sorted. And she started to pray. When I have doubts about my career, I'll call Pastor Nigel because we're in the same sector. He will give me sector and industry perspective and then he will share scriptures and he will tell me. I remember one time last year or early this year, I was like, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I don't feel, I feel this, I feel that. And he said to me, do it as though you're doing it unto the Lord and not unto man. From the next Monday, I was far as in, it was like someone just did this. I will see emails. Four days, I've not responded. Deliberately. I've done the work already. Deliberately, I will not answer you for four days. Why? Why? Because Satan has sat in my head and said to me, they won't appreciate what you've done. After you're using you, after you've done all of this, when it truly matters, it will go to somebody else. So what's the point? Don't throw your bells too big. You are a minister of the kingdom. Focus on the things of God. Blah, 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 blah. All of those things that made sense. But what does the Bible say? Whatever you do, you do it like you're doing it unto God and not unto man for the time and season that you are there. As he said that to me, the next day, I came to work. They said, "Uh uh-uh, you've gone from 5G to 10G. (laughs) 10G network. Because I diminished to 5G because I was like, what's the point? 
God is going to take you into seasons where you don't know anything about what you're supposed to do. But there will be help waiting for you. Everywhere. Men will arise and say, how do I help you? Just the same way that the commander of the army of the Lord turned up and said to Joshua, I am here. That's how men will arise and help you. I remember when I was making the transition to the energy sector. I'd always been around the energy sector because of my family. My dad used to be a drilling engineer. But left, you know, stopped in the 80s. You know, as Igbo man that his entrepreneurship was calling his name, he answered. So, <laughs> and so, the time, the opportunity came. And I knew everything I knew was very surface. Very periphery. I just knew that the shamani in oil and gas sector. That was sufficient for me. And so I remember this time, and this man had, for like a year or two before then, he would call me to his house in Ikoi, and he would be telling me about the cabotage law, Nigerian content law, and all of those things, and I'd be rolling my eyes in my head. I'd be rolling my eyes, and I'm like, why are you telling me all this? Like, quite frankly, I just want to go and work in media, really. Not, not movies, just media. I wanted to use media to do social um, impact documentaries and movies that's what I wanted to do and what I still want to do so Mr. Lotana <laughs> I'm waiting for you to give me permission don't walk again I got you <laughs> straight the way um, gosh, gosh that was my dream of thoughts and so then the man became unwell at the moment when the contract came through, literally, he had been unwell, but he hadn't told me. And the moment when he was about to sign this contract, you know, big, big contract that was going to be a game changer for him and everything, he became unwell. And so he called me and said, I'm unwell, I need to travel for some major surgery. I don't know how long I'm going to be there. So it's just such a shame that after all these conversations, now I can't do this. And I said, eh? Wait, oh. All the meetings we were coming to your house for was waste of time. I said, no, now we're going to do it. He said, how? I said, don't worry. We will find a way. Is it not God? I said, God, please don't disgrace your daughter. You have to help me. You have to help. So I started to do my own part. Because God will have us do our own part, you know? Bible says, study to show yourself approved. So it's not just, you're not just going to be careless about it. There's an intentionality in God that is required of each and every one of us. There's an intentionality in God. God will have us get up, speak to the right people, put that application there, write the business plan, have conversations about it, look the part, whatever it is that is required. See, many of us feel like we have outsourced our Christianity to, I don't know what. We think that a miracle is that you're just going to wake up one day and wow. So why did God give you all the gifts and talents that you have? And actually, why did God surround you with the people that he did who carry something that you need from each and every one of them to take into the place? Because you want to feel like you did it all alone, self-made. And so the Lord will now say, say to me, just start, wade in the water. Every time you put your foot forward, I will help you. So I put my foot forward, help I put my foot forward, help. Trouble, plenty trouble, then help. Don't be fooled. Plenty trouble, then help will come. So don't think that when you wade in the water, 
is going to be all hunky dory. No. So you need to be aware and prepared so that when Satan comes, you're like, ah, I knew you were coming, but I was ready for you. I'm prayed up. I know who to call. I know what to do. Every single time, trouble was waiting on one side, but on the other side, help from God. So I never lost any battle. I remember one time they said to me, they were going to beat me up. That it was, it was, um, if you know anything about the energy sector, there's always community wahala. I now had to go and inherit the worst of the worst of all the community wahalas ever. They call this big intervention meeting. This is me that barely knew what I was doing, literally just winging it. Do you know a lot of times you have to wing it in this life? Huh, nobody knows more than you. Don't be fooled. <laughs> we are all winging it. <laughs> we are all winging it. This is me feeling like I knew what I, I remember. What I was doing, one checkered shirt like this and jeans. I went for this meeting at, in Escravos. There were these big, big, mighty community chiefs. They were. They were, <laughs> 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 they were warning me like this. They were putting out there. You, this girl. And it was only me. Represent, because remember, the man was unwell. It was a new company. So we did not have directors and it was just me. They were warning me. They said you were lucky. Now before we tie you a koboko you like this. You won't come from Lagos. Come benefit on top land where papa shed their blood. They're not born you well. I said it's not that deep. <laughs> but now I know that it is that deep. <laughs> Because when a man feels like you're coming to steal his inheritance, he ain't about to play. He ain't about to play. But many of us, Satan has come and set up camps in our homes. And we allowed him and we told him, welcome. Instead of kicking him out. Instead of telling him, get lost, be gone from my home. If your father left your piece of property and somebody came to take it, are you going to sit there doing nothing? So why would our earthly father say to us, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? We know that. We know that scripture. And yet we are afraid to take on territories. We are afraid to do anything. We are afraid to step out in our calling, in our assignment. We are always waiting for the right time. Guess what? The right time will never come. Today is the right time. Today I bring you an announcement. Today is the right time. That right time is never going to come. You are never going to be prepared enough. You are never going to be qualified enough. You are never going to have all the resources that you need. You are never going to have all the people that you need. As a matter of fact, the people around you will probably be the ones that will discourage you the most. Not from a place of bad belly, but from a place of genuine fear. Because you know what? They know you're up close and personal. So they know your inadequacies. That's the whole concept of see finish. Please, oh, let's not be the reason that somebody else steps out of, outside of their calling. Because we have seen them finish. Because we know them. We'll be telling them, hey, don't do it like this. That's more. You know you don't have. Don't do it. Tell them, let's go. How are we supposed to do it? Let's go and pray. Let's go and ask God. Who do I need to call? Let me make a few calls here and there. I'm always, do you know the number of times I picked up my phone and called the uh, Stausai? I'll call her, i just say, hey, sis, how far? Hey, I just wanted to ask her, do you know, do you know how many times I picked up my phone and called her? Just like that, rapture, she'd be like, what's wrong with this girl? And she might think, oh, that's anything important to her. Yes, she did. 
she shifted my mind in a particular direction, gave me an idea, or even explained the challenges so that I am better equipped. Do you understand? The time is now. Many of us have allowed Satan to sit too long in our heads. He sat as a principality over our minds. He has taken away our dreams, taken away our visions, made us forget who we are and what the Lord said to us. He's made us, made us forget that we are liberators. When you were young, they told you that you are the chosen one. They used to tell my, when my sister was young, they told her she was the chosen one. Some of us used to tease her and laugh at her. When she says something, you just say, the chosen one. <laughs> Fast forward to now, when the situation and circumstance, she's the one taking, one day on a prayer call, I remember when my mom was kidnapped, one day on a prayer call, one of my friends sent me a message offline and said, is that your older sister? I said, no, I'm the first girl. <laughs> she took charge. She was, well, like the prayer call was supposed to be people helping us to intercede on this matter. Why are you the one that is, then we all of us remember, the chosen one. Today, let me remind you, you are the chosen one. You are royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a person set apart. Set apart. You are set apart. You are set apart. Discard that narrative that the world has told you that you are just like everybody else. You think that God was looking for how to fill the earth and so he just made you like everybody else. You may look like somebody else. You may even act like somebody else. But you're not that person. Many of us need to go back to the original blueprint of our lives. Many of us are acting out a script that was given to us by other people. And that is why we are not making progress. And progress does not look like money in your pocket. That is not progress. I'm talking about progress where you lie down in your bed at night and you know that there's got to be more than this. You look at your bank account, you have money, but you know that there has got to be more than this this you have the good things of life you appear to have a nice life luxury life baby girl baby boy lifestyle but at night you are weepy because you know that there's got to be more than this it means you're living outside the original script that god had for your life and for many years i did I was, I let people define who I was and what I could do. I used to say to someone that I walk into a place, I'm not looking for a job. They'll create a job that does not exist and hire me. It was nice and cute for a time and a season until I realized that I was just doing, I was just doing other people's, other people's idea of who I was, but it wasn't me. I would say I want to do this. They would take me somewhere else. I said in one church, I wanted to go and work with the, um, um, the commercial sex workers. They put me in pastoral protocol. And I'm like, why? My idea of serving God was not wearing a pretty dress and sitting behind a pastor. I am not saying that that was not a needed function. Don't get me wrong. But that wasn't what God asked me to do. And as long as I did that, I had no joy. I had no fulfillment. It was just a matter ministry. It was not what was required. It was not what God had called me to. If you're living outside the script of your life, after the service today, go and rewrite it. Not even rewrite it. Go back to the original script. Somebody else rewrote it. Go back to the factory setting. And so when God chooses you, he announces you, he qualifies you, 
He equips you. He prepares you. He sends you to a people. He tells them about you. He announces you to the world. So when you get to a place, doors are opening. An ambassador goes into a place and they give him the respect of the president of the country. Not on the person's recognizance. Because on their own, they are not known. Who are you exactly? But you walk into a place and you are carrying the brand, the government of the country that you represent. You walk into a meeting. I remember, if I get into trouble, I won't say that. Sometimes you're having a meeting with some people. And because they understand the authority that they carry in terms of the brand that they represent, you will see a small person. When I mean small, you know what I mean, small, in every sense of the word. And the person will be talking to you like you should be calling them sir, ma, if possible, self, kneel down while we are at it. And sometimes it used to annoy me. And then one day, God said to me, hey, that's how you ought to operate when you carry my mandate. That level of audacity. That level. It's not the person. They're not seeing themselves. They are seeing the brand that they represent. So if you represent the brand of Jesus Christ, ah, you speak to a situation and it will change. You tell a mountain, be that removed and it will move. It's not about your own life. The reason why we think that we are failing is because we are checking if that thing is happening in our own lives. And so when God chooses you, he'll prepare you, he'll equip you, he'll qualify you, he'll get you ready. He'll give you a blueprint. What does a blueprint look like? Specific instructions about your life. God can be so detailed and intentional. He can even tell you what shoe to wear. He's that jobless, quote unquote. You understand what I mean? He has so much time for each and every one of us that he can tell you. He can tell somebody. One day, Pastor Heidi sent me a message one Monday morning. And she sent me a message and she was like, I said to her, I always do this thing with her. I said to her, is it a word? Or is this just a feeling? <laughs> she started on me. She said to me, it's a word. I said, okay. And that morning, I was having a bit of a bad day. Like, you know how your morning just starts and you're in a bad place and you're like, it's Monday morning. I can't start my week like this, but hey, we are here. So I think God just sent her to me. So I then said to her, since you and God don't have anything better to do this Monday morning, <laughs> please go back and go ask him to give you more details. She said, I better go, please. I've told you. I said, go and ask him. And guess what? He did. And everything she subsequently told me was what I had prayed about the night before. That's how beautiful and intentional God is. I don't think she realizes what she did for me that day. And she may never know. But every word that came out of her mouth, I could believe because I knew that it was God that said it. Because it was the cry of my heart. The day before and so God will give you the blueprint sometimes it's in scripture sometimes it's a dream in a vision at night God's outside of scriptures God's primary way of speaking to me is in dreams and visions so every night before I go to bed I would say Lord in a dream and in a vision when the noise of the world is quieting down seal my instructions in my heart show me anything that's going to happen like Moses like Abraham he said would I do a thing without revealing to my friend God is constantly looking for people to speak to. So he'll give you a blueprint for your life. He'll also warn you. He will tell you, if you go like this, this is what will happen. If you go like this, this is what's going to happen. I said before you, choose. He will tell you, I said before you, if you do like this, this is what's going to happen. If you do like this, 
Many of us hate, but we choose the one we want to do. He reminds us of a covenant. He starts to remind you of all the things that he told you many years ago. Told your parents, your grandparents. You're the one that is bringing restoration to your family, to generations to come. Because of you, your family has known salvation. Because of you now, five, ten generations of your family will be called blessed. Your great-great-grandchildren, right? If God still leaves us on this earth, will benefit and reap of things that they did nothing to deserve. Absolutely nothing. You know that story, that song of some, somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. I'm supposed now to sing. I'm supposed now to sing. My auntie, my, my, my dad's sister, she was um, leading soprano in Nigeria. She used to do this um, Sunday afternoon opera. So. <laughs> Her name was Regina Anajemba. She was very popular, a very popular woman like this. So Christmas like this, you know, now we used to go to the East, everybody go to the East. She'll now gather all of us, all the grandchildren, and say, okay, she wants to teach us. All of us are looking at her. What we are trying to do, we're trying to learn how to rap. You're telling us to come and be doing, nah, auntie, it's not working. Nobody, nobody used to listen to her. We'll be running. <laughs> I know those aunties that made a decision not to marry. She made a life. She decided to save God. And she still does. 85, you will see her. She doesn't drive anymore. You see her. She says she's walking to the bus stop to go to church. We're like, auntie, auntie, Zukwanike. <laughs> I mean, auntie, rest. <laughs> She will get all of us. None of us. We refuse though. Well, auntie, we are trying to learn how to rap. This is not going to work. If you can't rap, at least let's sing love songs. All this, uh, what, what are all those songs that time? I can't remember. People, eh, what are those songs? Am I the same generation with you people? <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> they will beat me after service today. <laughs> Those in my generation, Gen Z's. Where are the Gen Z's in the house? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> What's the song of our generation now? We're sure trying to sing love songs. <laughs> Fast forward to becoming, you know, teenage girls or more like in our 20s. It now looks kind of classy, you know, that you know how to sing, you know, you know, you, you do classical music, you watch stage productions. We're not begging her. She said, never. Hey, God. Beg you, Auntie, please. Never. She said, You guys have told me you don't let her rap. <laughs> you have told me that you're not interested. So, no. Beg, oh, beg. The most we get, of, get from her now is at your wedding. She will bring you a grand orchestra. That's it. Hmm. Do not despise the gifts of the people around you. Amen. Amen. And so, there were many people. You know, who had moments when they could have waded into the water. The man at the pool of Bethesda, Beth Bethesda, 38 years. They said that the pool had five porches. That's like, um, they're like corridors or like 
balconies or basically entrance entrances into the pool so there are many ways it could have gone in and so every year said you know the angel of the lord will come and stir the waters and if you're able to jump in you will get healed and this man 38 years my god who are his friends who were his friends who were his family members some of us need to change our associations and i'm saying it today some of you need to dump some of your friends dump them Listen, I do not say, do not talk to them again. I'm saying they are not the ones that you need to hold your hands on this journey. Love them as family. Love them as friends. But many of us, because where were his friends? You remember the story of the four men? When Jesus came, they said, today our friend must be healed. Whatever it takes. They carried him and they dropped him from the roof. That is what your company of believers look like. Do you know four people that if you have a problem today, you call them, they will shut down everything that they are doing. Do you know four people? If you have four people like that, raise your hand. If you don't, please. <laughs> they will shut down everything. Everything they are doing. They won't even ask you too many questions. That's why I like Eunice. If I call her, she's just like, babe, what do you need? I'll tell her. One word line. Okay, who do I need to call? That's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Maybe six months later, she'll say, hey, what was that thing about after the matter has been sorted? Today, the Lord will have you have a new set of people on this journey as you're going to wade into treacherous waters. Waters that will look like they're going to swallow you up. Waters that will look like they're going to eat you up. Situations and circumstances that look bigger than you. The Lord will have you have a new set of people. Peter, he said to Peter, the story says that Jesus was walking on the water. That means he's there ahead of you. I don't know why in my head I used to say that Jesus was standing on the other side and now said, come. He says that Jesus was walking on the water. You think that God did not go ahead of that problem? Do you actually think that Satan is powerful enough to cause a situation in your life without God knowing about it first. He says that there's a volume of books written about you. It means that inside the volume of that books, there is what? Good and bad. Trouble and victories. All kinds of situations. So God was already in that water. And they said, they thought they saw a ghost. And then he said, Peter, come. And then Peter stepped out into the water and started to walk until he started looking around and saying, Omo, this thing is kind of deep. And that's when he started to fall. Many of us take our eyes off Jesus in the middle of the trouble. We take our eyes off Christ in the middle of the crisis. And that is why it then looks like the water wants to swallow up. At the point when that trouble is at this most. That is when you go to the face of Jesus. That's when you seek the face of Jesus. Morning, noon and night. You will wake up with the name of Jesus. You will call his name in the afternoon. You will call his name in the evening. You will search him out in scriptures. You will make calls to those who know about Jesus. You will tell someone, tell me about Jesus. What did he say about this situation and circumstance? It is not the time to start looking for what the world has to say. The world is loud. It has a lot of opinions on many things. A lot of opinions on many things that are outside of God. It will tell you 1,000 people that are doing it. 100 million people that are doing it. And tell you it is what it is. But would you dare to stand this morning and say no. This is not the plan of God. 
this is not the original design of God for my life. And though many have fallen by the wayside, I will stand. I will overcome. I will pursue. I will have victory. For the Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. And so if the Lord is on my side, there's no situation or circumstance that I cannot overcome. In Ezekiel 47, it says, The man went out to the east with a line in his hand. He measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters. Then the waters came to my ankle. He measured another thousand and brought me to my knees. Again, he measured another thousand and the water came up to my waist. And so with God, there's a compounding. There's an increase that comes. If you step, step in, he increases it. If you step in, he increases it. If you step in, he increases it. He continuously tells you and tells you and tells you until one day you wake up and find out that you are full. You are full. And you're wondering, how did I get here? It's not an overnight impartation. It's not an overnight pouring. Quietly, every single day, as you get deeper into the waters of God, the trouble is still there, but it becomes easier. It becomes easier because you know that God is in the middle of that mist, in the midst of that trouble. So the Spirit of the Lord broods over the waters. God likes water. He likes water. He says he's the, he who drinks of me will never, never, he is the living water so when he says come in to that water he's saying come into me when he says come into that water he says come into me many of us are on dry land it's parched it's thirsty it has nothing to offer us and says when you come into that water it won't consume you. For you formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. He has called my name Uche. And I am his. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And the rivers will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. He's giving kingdoms and territories in your place. That is the God that we know. That is the God that we serve. Many of us would say that, look, I, I want to take over. I have a desire to take over nations. I have a desire to take down all the seven influences, the mountains of influence. You're not even able to take your own because you've forgotten who you are. You've forgotten who you are. Many of us will say, I don't even know what my assignment and calling is. And we're always reminded, very simple, multiply, subdue, replenish, have dominion. So look for something you're doing and multiply it. Look for a place where there is degradation and replenish it. Look for a place where the voice of the world has taken over and raised your voice as a thought leader in that place and replace the voice. Because you know what? Nature abhors a vacuum. If you leave anything, things will overrun it. If you leave an empty building, even if it's a mansion, squatters will come in. 
And when you try to evict them, they will bite you. If you live in a home and you leave the house untended, you go away for a year. When you come back, grass will be growing from your living room. Who has seen that? And you're wondering, but there's cement here. How did grass take pass? <laughs> I don't know how else to say it because I used to wonder. Nature abhors a vacuum. If you don't speak, the wrong voice will speak. And God help you. That voice is eloquent and loud. And they know people. And they know how to package. Ha. They will be shaping, shaping culture. Their voice will be going out. You will not know the day that you two, you start to say the things that they say. Changing opinions. Many of us, our opinions have changed from five years ago. It's because of the things that we're listening to. Guard your heart. Guard your ears. Guard the entrances, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, all of those things. Guard it. Sometimes you're hearing somebody talking. The person is talking serious things. You're first listening. Then the Spirit of God will whisper to you, aren't nonsense aren't nonsense but everybody's celebrating that person because they have taken on that sphere and so for family life you decide that you're going to restore families back to God in faith we'll teach the right theology no more sermons that talk about wealth, prosperity, how you're going to fill your pocket, how oh, last minute miracle the God of 24 hour miracles God is a God of 24-hour miracles. There are situations and circumstances that I've prayed about and before I wake up in the morning, sorted, done. But it's not because he's a God of 24-hour miracles. It's because he knows that this thing has the potential to keep you going around and around in circles. So he will fix it so that you can what? Just move. But we forget and we now start to chase after the God, the giver of the gifts. Now the gifts instead of the giver of the gift. And that's why sometimes God will be told some things because he would have you sit at his feet. In media and entertainment, they'll tell you that if you don't speak a particular, if you don't put a certain agenda, they won't give you the funding that is required. For some people in media, I've had friends who've complained about that. But what about Christians who would dare to raise up and say we will fund these initiatives so that we can put out the right content as a Christian, if you try to do anything that is fun, you are hardly pressed to find anything to do. Hardly. Because they've taken over. Strip clubs are enormous in Lagos now. It's not a big deal anymore. Even regular clubs now have girls on the side dancing naked. They're not strip clubs, though. They're just supposed to be regular bars. But now, some evenings, they have girls sitting at the corners and dancing. Hmm? People's daughters. Education. Are we influencing curriculum? Are we joining the PTA? Are we checking the books that our teachers are asking our children to read? I have a friend there. I always feel sorry for any school that our children are in. She checks every, oh, it's crazy. Every line of everything of, and she'll come after the school. So because of her, the school is always, because, because now people trust her voice. If she pulls her child from a school, that school is over. Parents will be taking their children out in droves. That's what Christians ought to now do. That we become such thought leaders that when we speak against a thing, that thing, that thing comes down. When you speak against a thing, the share price should, should crash. Do you understand? So that wealth leaves the hands of the wicked into the hands of the righteous. And when the share price now crashes, we can go and buy. 
rich in business. They say the rich rule over the poor. So when our governments go and they keep borrowing money from government, from other places, they'll continue to lord over us. And then the world economics, let me tell you what they do, how they devalue your, your currency. The terms of trade, the inflation rate, the, the terms of trade, their speculation that this your currency looks like it's going to crash. And when they say that and they hedge against that, that's it, your currency will crash. So that means you're going to gather more of your money and they will spend less of their money for you to pay back. Um, they're going to gather more of your money for you to pay back the money you borrowed from them. So your money will continue to devalue. And when, it don't, when that happens, it turns around, there's inflation in the land, there's poverty. Poverty then brings in other social ills. People now start to look for other ways of making money. Crime goes up. Um, Aristo um, um, industry is booming and thriving and all of those things. So it's a continuous vicious circle. Satan is very deliberate, intentional, and does not stop. Destroy every fabric of society. Every. Then we engage society carelessly. We turn up carelessly. From today, when you go into a space, place to speak or to teach anything, be pre prepared for weeks. Pull up every fact, statistics, data. When you stand there, let them be asking, who are you? Where did you come from? That way, you will enter. Small, small. Do you understand? As you're entering, God is creating a way for you until the day of your emergence where you will have the audacity to speak against something that is destroying our society and it will turn. You make a decree and it will turn around. You can't do it from the back. You can't do it from your living room. You can't do it from criticizing TV, channels TV, when they are doing news. So many of us need to step up and arise in our calling and our assignment. And so, let me now finally end. I didn't say that before. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands. One. A pure heart. Two. Who has not lifted up his soul into vanity. Three. Nor sworn deceitfully. Let's go again. So the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he had founded it upon the seas and he established it upon the floods. Therefore who shall stand into the hill of the Lord? And if it's you stand, he who, who shall stand, who shall ascend in the hill of the Lord or who will stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands, stand. He that has a pure heart, stand. You have clean hands, you have a pure heart. He who has not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. I only have 10 people standing in the room. Are you people telling me that you don't have clean hands? Okay, that's fine. Let's come into repentance this morning then. If you do not have clean hands, let's come into repentance this morning. Oh, Lord, we stand before you this morning, oh God. Choose us, oh God. Pre-qualify us, oh God. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts, oh God. Where we have failed in equity and unrighteousness, oh God. Cleanse us, oh God. Give us a new beginning and right standing with you, my Father. Let our sin not stand as judgment over us. Let it not stand as judgment over us, my Father. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we are partnering with you, oh God to take back the kingdoms of the earth to take back for the earth awaits the manifestations of the sons of God so we stand this morning and we consecrate ourselves unto you 
We stand up as people who are on assignment, oh God. We stand up as priests who are wading into the water. And he showed me a pure river of life, clear as crystals, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of the street, and either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits. Each tree yielded its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there will be no more curse. But the throne of the God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There shall be no night. They need no lamp or no light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever. That is the new earth because we have arisen. That is the new earth that we are partnering with God. That's the restoration of Eden that will happen in our generation. With my eye, I will see the restoration of my nation. With my eyes, I will see the restoration of my family. With my eyes, I will see good workplaces. I will see a righteousness toppled. I will see all the things that grieve the heart of a father. Come to his knees before God. With my eyes. And Winston Churchill said, Winston Churchill said, um, he said, um, we shall fight on the beaches. He said, we will fight on the land. We'll fight on the beaches. We'll fight on the land. We will fight everywhere. We will not give up. We will not stop. If that's your cry this morning, say a prayer unto God and say, Lord, give me the strength and the courage to carry on even when my strength is small to carry on even when I'm tired to carry on even when I'm lethargic oh God I will not give up the battle I will not give up this fight oh God for the Lord is on my side the Lord is on my side the Lord is on my side and because the Lord is on my side I am victorious I am victorious I am the victorious I am victorious and at the video, Pastor Mo said something. He said that um, to partner with God. No, he says that God's big vision, that God's big vision is to partner with God to rebuild broken humanity. He said, but it has its own agenda outside of God. It's the final slide, uh, Martin. He says that, so we realign the agenda of man to God. And that God will use every single one that is saved as an agent of good. And that will be part of the revival that brings transformation. Because transformation cannot happen outside of revival. And when he said it, it just made sense. And so today the Lord will have us partner with him. Realign our priorities and our agendas and our motives back to him. Use our salvation for the good of our nation, for the good of our family, our communities and the body of Christ. And be part of that revival that brings transformation. And so if you want to be a part of that God's agenda, just put your hand on your chest and say, Father Lord, Father Lord, I make a decree this morning. I make a decree this morning and I ask, oh God, 
that I am sold out to you oh God that you will use me to do all the things that you desire that my salvation is not just for myself but for the restoration of the kingdom make it your own prayer this morning Lord I can thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church our mission is to love people connect with family and touch the world learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org